evening, listeners, and welcome to this week's interview with your host, Anthony Drago. It's exciting to be with you tonight. Um, I missed last week. There were some obligations that took me away. I hope you enjoyed the, um, the playback. But I'm always excited to be with you on a Wednesday evening. You know, I always say it's the highlight of my week. Welcome to those of you who are regularly here every Wednesday. I appreciate your time. Um, you making me part of your week is, is really special. And if tonight is the first time that you're tuning in to this weekend interview, welcome as well. I hope you enjoy what you hear. You, you find it informative and that will make you become a regular listener. What we do on this weekend interview is to, is to bring you discussions on contemporary topics, contemporary happenings, so that... Uh, you can see it from a different perspective. We, we don't try to just go the straight route that if you Google, you can find it, or if you click your remote, you find it on the TV. We like to think that the way we do it on this weekend interview is different. And so tonight is no exception, although our topic tonight is a somber one, is a sad one. Uh, it's something that has to be faced, that has to be faced squarely, and that is the, the, the subject of the protection of our young, our young people, our children in particular. Um, we've seen a lot in the news about the, the abuse of children, sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, mental abuse, uh, uh, and we have to do better. We have to find ways to, to protect our young people, protect the vulnerable because they're not able to protect themselves. And we, we are quickly becoming an abusive or more and more an abusive society or maybe maybe it's because we are so much more um, open there's more gadgets um, people speak more it's becoming more aware but whatever the case is it's not it's not right that it exists and so we have to be able to to talk about it we have to take action and we have to hold those who are responsible both the perpetrators and the folks who are supposed to create the environment in which our children are safe, we have to hold them accountable. And so that's my topic tonight. My guest tonight is Ms. Gillia Coffee-Wicks. She is an advocate. She describes herself as a voice for the voiceless. And so I'm excited to have her as my guest. I'm not going to take much more time. Uh, we usually do the character anthem, so let's do that. And when we come back, Gillia uh, is going to join me. She is in, she is in Dominica. Um, so she is joining me um, over technology, over the media, and um, we'll be having a, a, a very good conversation. Before we go, though, let me just tell you, please invite your friends and your contacts, share the link, as they say, share the link so that enough people can get, um, you know, the information that we're about to share. As I say, the more people we get, as the, as the, the closer we are to creating a movement. So let's create that movement. Text somebody, text five people, call them, let them know that this weekend interview is on and we're talking about this critical topic. They can find us on tdnradio.net. They can see us on tdntv.net. If you're on the Nature Isle, RVR Jams on Digiplay Channel 59 is also carrying this weekend interview live. All right, so let's do Mikkel with the Karakaman theme and we'll be right back. Distant lands 
our forefathers came Some seeking adventure Some bound in chains Through battles waged and fought Through victory and pain By test of their courage Our freedom was gained In homage to those gone before us The heroes of lands in the sun We vow to join hands and to focus On building one Caribbean Raise your voices high Sing of your Caribbean Welcome back, listeners, and 
you know, your your home is your heaven, and and part of what you want to do with your home is to make your home safe for your family, and especially your children, especially your wife, and and the people who depend on you for for their protection and their safety. And if we feel that way about home, it's extended to our community, our schools, our churches, just in general. It's extended to our village, it's extended to our, 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 our nation. And so when that is violated and, and we can no longer provide that protection or the people who are supposed to be depending on us are harmed under our watch, we we are responsible we, we are definitely responsible for that and you know for the last few weeks in social media we we've seen and on the news we've seen a lot of talk about um child abuse and protection of children we see public figures we see posting of text messages between adults and young kids we, we, we see stuff that goes on in the court and, and there's a lot of outcry, but not much action. And then last week or, or the week before everything came to a boil, um, this young girl uh, was taken from her home where she is supposed to be the most secure. She was taken from her home and she hasn't been found. Neither she nor the person who took her away has been, have been found. And that has seemed to have brought things to a boil. And so the, the topic of, of child abuse in Dominica, in, in, the, in the wider world, the, the topic of that is, is very relevant. And so I've, I've invited um, Miss Coffee Weeks to come on the program and to, and to, and to help us to talk about it, to, to help us to, to figure out why is it that we that 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 all of this is going on on the, our watch and what can we do about it miss miss wicks coffee is an advocate she's a citizen a very concerned citizen and so i want to give her a very warm welcome delia thank you so much for agreeing to come um we admire what you do we thank you for what you do and we are very happy to have you here so we you can um how you say amplify and provide one more medium where people can hear what you have to say. So before we start, let's introduce you to the audience. Tell them who you are. Well, to those who don't know me, I will tell you that I am Delia Coffee Weeks. I am an agriculturist by profession. I was previously a teacher at the primary, secondary, and tertiary level. And I am a social worker in practice. But because I am a human being and I have not lost my humanity, then I have chosen to become the voice of the voiceless. And this is a no frills, no payment, voluntary service that I'm doing, but it brings a lot more than money could ever buy just the satisfaction of knowing that I am, through my words, exposing social ills and sometimes shaming people 
or moving people to action so that something can be done to alleviate the plight of our vulnerable people. This is what I'm all about. Vulnerable people. And, and I know we focus a lot on child abuse, but, but vulnerable people in general. I, I'm going to go quickly and just ask you to expand on your definition of who do you consider to be a vulnerable person by, in, in the context of our conversation? Well, Tony, anybody who finds themselves in a situation where their environment is affecting them negatively because they do not have the kind of control that they would need to have over their lives. So it may be because they are disabled and because of their disability, they are sometimes discriminated against. Sometimes it is based on gender. Sometimes it is based on your age, the very young, the very old. So generally you have people who are coping and coping fairly well. These people can go it on their own. I look out for those who are encountering problems, try to identify what their problems are and try to find a way to sensitize people around them that this is their reality and to see if something can be done, whether at the individual, national, social level, whatever, to spur people to action, to help those who, for whatever reason, are unable to help themselves. So that is it. People who are in a situation and feel that they are powerless to do something about an unfavorable, maybe even a dangerous um, circumstance that they are existing. That's your definition of... Well, yes, something that poses a threat to their well-being. Right, right. So in that context, we're talking about maybe women, a lot of women yes. find themselves in that type of environment. We, we, what brought us here tonight happened to a child. So we're speaking about children. And in Definitely. And, and particular girls, but, but boys as well, uh, are subject. And, and I think that because we have been focusing for a while on girls, that boys are very much at risk, but it is somehow one of those things that we do not want to see, and so we're not addressing it. Right, right, right. So, so, so we have to ex not expand it, but we have to put a little focus on boys. And that, yes, and that, we need to shine the light. Even in all of our deliberations, we have to constantly remind the people that when we talk about children, boys are included as well. Right. And, and that, that's a very important message. Um, and then we maybe talk about people who, are, who have some kind of um, disability, um, whether yes. physical or mental disability. Those folks mm -hmm. are also vulnerable. Oh, yes. Right. But, but let's zero in on the one that's really vexing us right now. The, the sexual abuse of young girls. And maybe on women in general. But I want to focus on children for a minute and then we can expand it out. 
you are in Dominica. I'm, I'm not in Dominica right now, but we see it on the news. Maybe my view of it is a little bit warped. So I, I want you to give give an overview of what is the environment, what what is the sense of of the safety, of the protection that our our young girls and and you say our young boys um, are existing in, in terms of in terms of their current circumstances. What, how would, how do you assess it from, I don't know if you have actual stats, if you do, that would be great, but if not, you live in the community, so, so your sense of it and your, and, 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 and your experience um, with people who, who are in that situation, what, how do you, how do you assess it? Well, the thing about it is that, Tony, I do not have the statistics, mm -hmm. and even when statistics are available, I will tell you just from experience that the statistics only capture a small percentage of the real situation because not every situation is reported to either welfare or the police. And what happens is that you have more of these cases not being reported for whatever reason. So whatever statistics we would have from welfare or the police is just a small percentage, not even half of the real situation on the ground. Because we live in the society, we see some of the things that are happening and we have become so desensitized that people are free to abuse children in different ways in public and maybe because of our socialization, we find it is acceptable. Or maybe because we ourselves have grown up in similar situations and we are still here. It didn't kill us, we didn't die. Then for us, nothing is wrong with it. So because a lot of times sexual abuse happens more in a private context, then we feel that we need to bring it out into the open. But when we're having that conversation, we also need to flag those forms of abuse that we see but we don't see. It is the secret that everybody knows and nobody's telling. And every now and again, you have one that just erupts like a volcano, the shit hits the fan, and everybody ducks for cover and they're looking for somebody to be that umbrella voice. Mrs. Wicks, what are you saying about this? But it affects all of us. I don't know if you saw an article that came out today, Tony, about a case that went through the courts today. And I was so mad because I am asking myself, why is this case coming to light today when I have to be on this program, <laughs> when I wanted to be well composed to share what I had to share? But it is now bringing out an angry part of me. And I don't want to say much about it, but Tony, if you want to share what the article says, you can give people a sense of... Let me, let me read a little bit of it. I happen to have it here. Um, okay, great. It, it's an article that says, um, it's by, it's by Carla John Baptist. It says the court gives 
22-year-old who pleaded guilty to unlawful sexual connection a suspended sentence. So a suspended sentence is one where you don't go to jail. You, 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 are, you are sort of like on probation. So they say you can stay at your home and continue your life as long as you don't get into trouble for the next two, three years or whatever it is. Um, that's it. So for all intents and purposes, this person is getting away with it. Um, it says Ronnie Cameron Peters, age 22 of Woodford Hill, can count his lucky stars after he was given a suspended jail sentence for two years and 10 months after he pleaded guilty to unlawful sexual connection with a 14-year-old girl in 2019. The facts of the case. The young school child, who is a friend of Peter's, was walking home from school when she was joined by him. And after arriving at a certain location, he pulled, behind, he pulled her behind an old vehicle and put his hand under her dress, touching her private parts. She started to scream, but he put his hand over her mouth and threatened to kill her if she continued to scream. In the process, she beat his hand. She asked him to stop his behavior, which he did, and she continued her journey. But he followed her and grabbed her and pulled her behind a dump truck and placed his finger in her private patch. She called him rapist, and he said, Long, I want to rape you. He started to choke her and, and ask her to remain silent. On arrival home, she reported the matter to her aunt and the police was summoned and she was taken to a doctor, medically examined and her hymen found to be intact. He was arrested and charged and on March 16, 2022, pleaded guilty to the charge of unlawful sexual connect connection and was remanded until sentencing. A social inquiry report was commissioned. In the report found that the young child, because of the incident, felt demotivated at school. Her grades dropped and whenever she would see Peter's she would go into a frightened mood. He also expressed remorse for his action and wanted to apologize to the victim if given the chance. And after the incident stated, why did I do that? Sentencing. In considering an appropriate sentence, Justice Wynant Adrian Roberts said under the law, the maximum sentence carries 14 years in jail and threats and violence were issued and the court's starting point was 45% of the maximum sentence. So if 14 years is the maximum, 45 is a little less than 7. For the mathematicians, they can tell us exactly, well, let's say 6 years. That brought it to oh, 6 years and 3 months. And given that he had previous convictions of a violent nature, she added six months to that sentence. For his early guilty plea, 
she also got a reduction. He also got a reduction of two years, and his mandatory one food reduction, which brought it to three years and two months. He was handed a further four months reduction for his time on remand after the guilty plea. The judge also stated that the state and the defense counsel, Peter Allen, both asked for a suspended sentence. And while she was of the view that the offense warranted custodial sentence, she had to look at all the sentencing guidelines and the law. The court told him she took a room a dim view of his action, which was a breach of trust. The social inquiry report stated that he was the breadwinner of an impoverished family. His mother had suffered two strokes. He just had a six-month-old baby girl and was not a risk to the community and the victim. This is your second chance. You will not get a third. What you did to this young lady was terrible. She was your friend and you used to accompany her to the beach. This was a significant breach of trust on your part, the judge said. The sentence of the court is a suspended jail sentence of two years, 10 months. This is a child, your friend. You are lucky. Next time you won't be, she said. A breach, she called it a breach of trust. I mean, yeah, but continue talking about it I, 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 if you want to, because I think the audience gets the picture. Um, violated this young lady. I don't know what was the purpose of stating in the story that her hymen was intact. People put so much stock on, on hymen and hymen broken and hymen not being broken. What does that have to do with rape? Even if she was somebody with a child, what does that have to do with rape? And especially since the, the definition of rape tells you that once there is penetration, it doesn't have to be full penetration. It doesn't have to be by a penis. It can be by any body part or any object. So he actually raped her. He raped her? He did. No, but one of the frightening things with this is the fact that you're telling me that um, even the state that is supposed to be the protector of that child is asking for a suspended sentence. Can you imagine the prosecutor? I mean, I can't wrap my head around this. What the state is. The person that's supposed to be prosecuting is asking for a suspended sentence. So you understand the situation? Tony, this scourge of child abuse is not going to go anywhere until we really reconfigure our mental furniture until we change the way we think. Because I mean, when the people who are mandated to look out for the vulnerable, let them down. When the systems 
give more consideration to the accused than to the victim. I call that victimizing the victim over and over and over again. And you understand now why a lot of cases do not even make it to the court. Yes. Because when people read that kind of nonsense, then why bother to waste my time, expose myself to all sorts of ridicule after I have already been violated and that is the outcome? And I mean, this is just one case of many, Tony. And of course, and of course we know, we know that for whatever reason, victims of rape most of the times end up feeling some sort of guilt, some sort of shame, and so they don't report it. And this young girl reported it right away. And everything was there. And, you, and, and, and they consider that his mother had a stroke. They consider that he has a six-month-old baby. They don't consider the fact that she says that every time she sees this young man, she's frightened and traumatized. The judge, the judge did not mention that in her speech. And they, they did all kinds of maths and all kinds of stuff that it, it is mind-boggling that, um, that this can happen. And, it, and it's happening in a Dominican context. What I mean by that is, if you live in a village in Dominica like Woodford Hill, the chances of, of she encountering that guy almost every day is very high. And every time she encounters him, she's going to be further traumatized. Every time she is by herself, she's going to be looking over her shoulder wondering if this guy is going to come at her for revenge because he has a past record of violence. Nobody is taking into account that, 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 young, that young girl. Notwithstanding that this thing happened in 2019 and it's, it's halfway through 2022 before he's sentenced. So as you say, it, it, it doesn't augur well for, for, for people who have that experience to come forward. Because you have to make a calculation, okay, I'm going to come forward, I put myself at risk of retaliation and revenge. I put myself at risk of people shunning me and ostracizing me and finding all kinds of reasons by maybe my behavior or my appearance or something had to, had to do with instigating what happened to me. You take all those things into account and you decide, you know what? I am, I am brave enough, I am courage, courageous enough, I'm going to take action. And then everybody lets you down. This does and, and in any case, Tony, look at this. We think that she was raped because there was some sort of penetration. The law is written in such a way that he was not even charged with rape. He was charged with unlawful sexual connection, connection. which is some another kettle of fish and then the social welfare department is charged with everything else that they have to do they have to do that social inquiry and so they do all of this they find out everything so yes they find out that his mother is 
unwell. They find out that his family is impoverished. They find out that he just had a baby girl. And I don't know whether it's a punishment that he was blessed with a girl child. Because maybe that will cause him to think. But I mean, when you, when you look at all of the things in that particular case, and especially in the environment where everybody is on a high looking for this child who was abducted from her home. A home is supposed to be a place of safety. Of safety, exactly. If you cannot feel safe at your home, at your big stone, then where are you going to feel safe? And that is one of the underlying problems. Eh? Tony, a lot of child abuse and child sexual abuse happens where they are supposed to feel the safest at home. Perpetrated very often by the people who are charged with keeping them safe. And so we really have to shine a light on this. If our children cannot be safe with us, cannot be safe in our homes, then my God, it is time for us to wake up and open our mouths and take action, not just talk, but take action to fix the system, to demand that the laws be changed, to move people. Let us join our voices. It cannot be Mawik's and a few other concerned citizens who are getting old and tired. It cannot be that. We have been on this path for much too long, Tony. My journey started off many, many years ago with a group of women, concerned, aware women. We form ourselves into a, an organization for the... the protection of the vulnerable. We called ourselves a sis, sisters in solidarity. And these are the same people on the battlefront to this day. The Nathalie Charles Andrew, Josephine Dublin, Delia Coffeewicks, Marcia Dublin, Connie, Fatima, Philo. These are the same tired people. You have the people in Dominica National Council of Women. Again, women who are overstressed, who are, don't happen to be more affluent than the average Dominican, but who are human enough, who have not been desensitized to the effect of these dastardly crimes on our vulnerable people, that we are willing to give of our time, our talent, our treasure, we are willing sometimes to even stay without to improve the plight of the vulnerable in our communities. And it is time for people to wake up, to move. Do not say, because it is not my child. It takes a village to raise a child. To protect because that child did not come out of you. 
does not mean that this is not your child. Exactly. How do you sleep at night when you know for a fact that this child is going into this person's house and this has been happening for years and maybe she's doing it for economic reasons because her mother or her auntie or her grandmother sends her there so that she comes back with something for the family to eat. I mean, is that some sort of justification? We are prostituting our children. We are casting a blind eye. And even when those things come to light, Tony, we're so silly that we blame the victims. The child, yeah. Okay? We talk nonsense. Oh, those young people are aggressive. Look at how they dress in. Long time she taking her man. I mean, do we really listen to ourselves? Are we holding children responsible for adult behavior? behavior right? Are we saying that we have a society of adults who are out of control and they cannot, they cannot control their animalistic urges. How is it that they find out that this child is related to this person so they stay clear? And other children are fine bit for them. We really need to expose these people. Antonio, I mean, there are things that we require in this country. So let, let me let me jump in here and before we start talking about what we what we need. I need to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to go into where I suspect you are going to go, into what it is that we need that can mitigate and um and help to alleviate the plight that these young people are facing. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Presented by If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K. and are looking for Dominica products including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on BuyDominicaOnline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to BuyDominicaOnline.com and enjoy home away from home. People say I've got a great smile. Well, I have to say, this is all thanks to the professional team at Beacon Dental Group right here in Dorchester, Massachusetts. I've got world-class dental care. Beacon Dental Group has expert and caring staff dedicated to providing the most advanced and satisfactory treatment in all aspects of oral health. Their services are designed to meet your needs and give you a perfect smile, too. General checkups, cosmetic surgery, Gemini laser service, and advanced procedures, all in a state-of-the-art facility. Call or visit Beacon Dental Group today, 1026 Blue Hill Avenue, Dorchester, Massachusetts, or call 617-282-2146 for a smile that lights the world. All right, welcome back, listeners. Thanks for staying for the break. You're listening to this week's interview on tdnradio.net. 
tdntv.net and all the various social medias. We're live on Facebook, on, on, this, on this Week in Interview Facebook page, and on TDN Radio Facebook page. My guest tonight on this weekend interview is Miss Delia Coffee Weeks, and we are talking about the, the protection of vulnerable people in Dominica, in particular, the protection of young children. Um, what we need, because we're hearing, we, we hearing reports, we're seeing evidence of a prevalence of abuse, particularly sexual abuse, um, to our young people in Dominica. And, and before the break, uh, Dile was just really laying out what she experiences uh, on a day-to-day -day basis as a member of Sisters in Solidarity, SIS, uh, being familiar with Dominican National Council of Women, and just being a general citizen who cares about what goes on in society and, 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 and the widespread practice of looking the other way of finding some reason or some excuse why, why we cannot step in when we see a young person, a child, who doesn't have any way of protecting herself from, from somebody who's more powerful. Why can't we just resolve, commit to, to providing an environment where our children can feel very safe Mary says parents need to build a relationship with their kids so the kids can feel comfortable speaking. Those things go undercover. It takes a village to raise a child. This is heartbreaking. And that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect is, as you, as you pointed out, sometimes the perpetrator is that very parent or, or, or an acquaintance of a parent or, or the boyfriend of a, of, of, of a parent. And so before the break, um, Dila, you started to talk about some of the things that we need to put in place. I, at least I suspect that's what you said you were going to go to. So let me let me take you there. Um, given the environment, given we we have a pure case of a case before the court, all the evidence is there. Um, you know, circumstances just really um, plain and wide open, and yet. The, the consequence for the action of the perpetrator was minimal. How do, we, how do we begin to approach all the different aspects of this? What is it that, how can we approach it so that we can try to wrap our hands around that issue and do something about it? Well, Tony, for a while now, we have been sweeping this rubbish under the carpet. But now there's a big bump in the carpet. And if we're not careful, it will trip us up. We might lose all our teeth or we might break our necks or whatever. So we can no longer push this under the carpet or put it on the back burner. We have to keep the issue of child abuse and child sexual abuse right up and center in people's faces until they begin to become really disgusted with what is happening and maybe that is how they will be spurred to action. So I applaud the action of the girl guides who have taken it upon themselves to mount a campaign for the protection of our children. 
So they have a campaign against child abuse. And they have decided that every third Friday of the month, they are inviting people to come along, to join them, to wear something baby blue or sky blue so that nobody mixes it up with any political party and say, well, this is this party coming with some other thing. And there you have it. Make child abuse prevention your number one priority. Whether you are a mother, a father, a nenen, an auntie, make it your number one priority so that we can stamp it out. So if you are interested, this Friday, which is the third Friday in the month, make sure that at about four o'clock, you go to the Bayfront by the Cruci booth wearing something baby blue and listen to the couple speeches that will be made and walk in solidarity with people who are against child abuse. Make your own placard. Express yourself in the way that you want. And if you, you did not have time to plan, for this third Friday, no, there are many other third Fridays coming up. So I applaud the action of the Girl Guides to keep it up front and center in our faces that child abuse is here and we want to get rid of it. That is just one action by one concerned group. Tony, there are actions that need to be taken at the various levels. Yes, we have to continue educating our children about good touches and bad touches. We also have to downplay a little bit the stranger danger message and make them understand that nobody has a right to touch you in certain places. And you give them the proviso your mommy or your daddy, if they're cleaning you up, the nurse or the doctor in the presence of your mommy or your daddy, and certain scenarios. But make them understand that nobody invades your privacy, no matter how small they are. We also have, as parents, to be willing to listen to our children. Sometimes it can be a bitter pill to swallow. Because, yes, we hear that they have been violated. And we can accept that. But sometimes when we hear who did it, that is the part that we cannot deal with. And so we tell them that they are lying. They are making it up. And somebody has set them to do that kind of mischief. We also need to start a movement to get the laws changed so that victims will not be victimized in the way that they are. Think of a scenario where a child, boy or girl, has been violated and the parent or the guardian decides that they're going to make a report at the police station. Do you know 
that there must be a confrontation between that victim and the perpetrator oh, or wow. the accused. Really? The victim has to give evidence, give their statement in the presence of the person that they are wow. accusing. Wow. Okay? Then you have that child who has been violated, who maybe after giving that statement has to be taken to the hospital for an examination. And that is another invasion of privacy. Invasion of privacy. Wow. Okay? So a total stranger, all up in your business like Nancy Drew, looking for God knows what. And sometimes no explanation is given to the children. And so you're just moving from hand to hand, from one stranger to the next, and they're doing all sorts of things to you. We have to get our social workers, our psychologists, our psychiatrists on board so that they can somehow ease the burden on the victims, walk them through, hold their hands. So again, I have to applaud the, the, the work that is being done by Lifeline Ministries where they have trained people to be sensitive to the needs of victims, they have what is called a victim support unit, where a person who understands the system can be present with the victim or the victim's family to give them the support, the psychological support that is required as they go through this horrible experience. Do you? Do, would you happen to have contact information for those, some of those organizations so that if anybody is listening and they need to reach out, um, even if not for those organizations, maybe you can give them information for your organization and therefore you would be able to connect them with the proper resources? Well, Tony, at this time, my head is so full. All I can tell people is my mm -hmm. number is 276 1573 if they get to me, send me a WhatsApp, send me a text, send me some sort of message, then I can link them with some of the institutions that I'm talking about. That's, 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 more, than, that's more than adequate. Okay. So, so anybody so, who's listening, anybody who's listening who may be in a situation right now where you feel that you are being abused or you are at risk of being abused, or you, you see a situation where you think abuse is happening, or you know that abuse is happening, send a text to Delia, 767-276-1573, and she will be able to put you in, in touch with resources that, that will be able to, to help you to navigate through your situation in a very confidential manner, and in a, very, in a manner that will not put you at additional risk. I, I am expanding you, but I hope I hope I hope you 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 don't mind that I do that. Um, to say that with all of the advocacy work that you do, you are an ideal point of contact. So to write the number down, 767-276-1573, that's Delia's personal number. Send her a text and she she will be able to put you in touch with the resources. And what we can do at TDN, Delia, if, as you find out some of those resources, 
um, so that you're not just the only point person out there. Or we can you can maybe give some other information to us, and then we will share it also. But for tonight, if somebody is listening, because we don't know, there might be somebody listening. It doesn't have to be a child. It could be a woman. It could be a young boy. It could be once you are in a situation where you are being you're being abused, or you feel threatened, and uh, and the potential for abuse is there. Sometimes all you need is somebody to talk to. All you need is to. That is so true. Yeah. That is so true. So so reach out and and know that there are people around who care about you. So I'm going to let you continue. Um, and yes, Tony. Go ahead. So for example, um, as I was saying, we need more organizations, institutions that support the victims and the victims' families. Right. We really need our laws and our legal system to change. I mean, there has been an appeal for a family court. If that is established, Tony, I can tell you that the length of time that cases of a sexual matter take to go through the court system would certainly be reduced. Can you imagine a child being sexually um, violated, maybe at the age of 12? The case goes to court with all of the rigmarole and everything having to face that accused every time that you go to court. It is five or seven years later, this child is no longer 12 years old. She wants to move on with her life. She now maybe has a boyfriend. She may have a couple of children. And you're asking this young adult to now stand in a box. And you're asking the jurors not to see that grown person, but see a 12-year-old. Is that possible? And so the jurors being human beings operating within the Dominican context. Yes, they hear that it happened to the 12-year-old, but they're seeing an adult in front of them. And the other thing too is maybe by that time, the victim is fed up. The victim just wants to move on. And you have me telling and retelling and reliving that story over and over, over, again. And over again. I may just decide, look, I'm not going back to court. Let the matter get thrown out. The perpetrator walks free, and that's it. And you know, a big part of it is that incidents such as this are so life-changing to a young person. So a, a young girl gets raped at 12, maybe even by somebody that she trusts. That, that incident can totally derail her life and really put her in a different um, mindset. So that, that that person that is standing in front of the jury five and six years later has a life probably that is reflective of all of that trauma. And it may not Definitely. be pretty his life. And then she gets judged based on that and say, well, why are you here standing talking about this guy rape you when you are known as a character in the village or you've done this or you've done that or whatever it is. Maybe the person might be driven to take drugs because we know 
those kind of incidents, uh, a lot of victims end up using drugs to sort of dull the, the effect. Yes, because they have to find a way to cope. To cope. And, and so, and so be, they, not, they, they may not be in the best standing to, to be in front of that jury to give a good representation of themselves. And as you said, the jury being human will be judgmental and it, it can only work in favor of the, of the perpetrator. When it's delayed like that. Now, now so, Tony, let me let me throw another ugly piece into the scenario. So, if the person who is violated is a girl child, and she gets pregnant, you know, if she gets rid of that pregnancy, she's now a criminal because, because abortion, abortion is, illegal. is illegal in Dominica with no even, proviso, even, even no excuse. Wow. No excuse, no medical risk to mother, nothing. If you kill the unborn child, you are a criminal. Okay? And then you mentioned the long-term effects of these kinds of crimes against children. And we see it all the time, and sometimes we do not want to accept this is what it is all about. When they were doing the revision of the Sexual Offenses Act, one of the things that I pleaded for was that when a person is convicted of a sexual crime against another person, that that person be saddled with the psychological maintaining the psychological needs of that victim. So if it requires that the person goes into a year of counseling or whatever, then you have to pay for it because you are the cause of that problem. Did it appear in the, in the amendment? No. Is it going to appear in an amendment sometime soon? I would mm -hmm. love that, yeah. but I'm not holding my breath because I will stifle before. Mm -hmm. Okay? So let us look at simple things that can be done. We're talking about why don't we push for what is called the paper committal? That the victim gives a statement that is recorded by the police. The victim signs the statement to say, this is my statement. And thereafter, that statement can be presented on behalf of the victim. And the victim does not have to repeat that statement every single time. Right. That is a simple thing that can be done. It is not being done. There is also provision made for a victim to give evidence and be in a remote location so that the victim is not face-to-face -face with the accused in the court. So the accused would see the victim on the big screen and the victim would see the accused on a screen, but they would not be in the same room. Tony, would you believe me if I tell you that we actually have the equipment in Dominica? 
we have the equipment in Dominica. And the only reason it is not set up is that a technician has not been assigned to set up and to man the equipment. Wow. How brilliant are we? Are we really concerned about the future of our nation? Because believe it or not, these very children, our boys and our girls, who we are closing our eyes and allowing them to be taken advantage of, these are the very people who are going to be our leaders of tomorrow. These are the very people who are going to take care of us if we live to a ripe old age. Some of us, if we wise up, we may even ask God to take us while we still have health and strength. <laughs> because our future is very bleak if we have to depend on these children to take care of us. Because we have not taken care of them. So if they return the favor of allowing us to be abused in our old age, twice a child, then can we really blame them? No. And then there are, I mean, so many prominent professional people who can lend their voice to these sort of campaigns. But many of them are afraid. Afraid of whom? Afraid of what? It means that they're waiting for the chickens to come home to roost until it gets under your bed or until it happens to your child, then you are somehow able to separate yourself. So it's still an abstract concept. But then when it comes to you and nobody is immune, let me right. tell you this, nobody is immune. So when it happens to you, do not put your hand on your head and ball. My weeks, where are you? Now is your time to open your mouth wherever you are and call wrong, wrong. Tony, you know how much it hurt me when I started that campaign to raise the age of consent from 16 to 18 and some very upstanding people in society refused to sign the petition. Wow. They gave me the most ridiculous reasons for not signing the so petition. So what is the age of consent? Did it, did it change? The age of consent is still 16. 16, wow. Yes. And today I was at a session and there was somebody from the National Bank doing a presentation and reminding us that a 16-year-old cannot open an and, and operate an account at the bank because their signature is not legal. They're not considered adults. But we are allowing them to take on activity that can lead to more adult responsibility that neither we as parents nor the state are willing to take on to give them support. And sadly, very often, it is mothers 
who have to foot the bill. The same mothers that some people will say who should have a relationship with their children, who should supervise their children. But when that single mother already has three or four with different fathers, all of whom are still looking on the playing field to see which is the next bullet they can hop. These mothers are on the hustle. They cannot be at home and be on the, the job market. They do not get the best jobs. They get low paying jobs with the most ridiculous hours so they can make ends meet. How are they going to supervise these children right. while they're out? trying to earn a penny bread. And even those of us in society who may have a little extra and who can be charitable and help to in, in improve their standard of living, we still have that mentality. If I give you something, you have to give me something back. So you're looking a little bit old and worn out, but I see you have a nice little teenage daughter. Send her by Mina. And wow. a lot of this is going on, Tony. Wow. And we do not want to talk about it, but it is real. And it's not only the men who do that. We will raise our eyebrows if a man tells us to send our teenage daughter to him. But what about the auntie? who is bringing groceries, who is passing down the, the, the tablets and the phones when she upgrades and she has a particular sexual orientation that we don't know or pretend we don't know about. Right? Mm -hmm. Wow. And either introducing our girls to lesbianism or taking advantage of our boys and that is a particularly peculiar scenario because whilst everybody raise holy hell when they find out about an older man and a younger girl, because of the way our society has socialized us, Tony, no young boy who is with an older woman or a cougar is going to feel that he is being abused. Rather, he feels that he's a man. And he have a big woman that giving him what he want and he giving her what she want. But is that really what we need for our children? And the influence that that has on the personality and the choices of that young man going forward. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Tony, unless, unless we can really speak about these things openly. We just, we just like, you know, a top spinning in mud. Yep. Something happens. We make a big brouhaha out of it. Nine days wonder. Yep. Then we get the next best to focus on and we forget. Yeah. But in the meantime, our children are suffering. suffering and being abused. And we see it showing its ugly head in the kind of dysfunctional or apparently brilliant, professional, functional men and women 
who have this burden that they're carrying with them. And so we cannot have healthy families. We cannot have the kind of lives that we would really desire because our people are hurting. They're traumatized. And when they talk about it, we laugh at them. We don't cry with them. We laugh at them. We ridicule them. Because sometimes the story that they're telling mimics our own untold story. Tony, I will tell you something. Many years ago, another group that I'm associated with, La Cudesa de la Dominique, we presented that dramatic piece, Vagina Monologues, mm. which was shining again the light on sexual abuse of people with a vagina, whether you were grown, whether you were old, whether you were a child. And there was a particularly horrific monologue that had to do with rape of women during war. So rape as a weapon oh, of right, war. Right. Mm -hmm. And would you imagine, so this place is somber. People are actually crying as the monologue is being performed. And there is this one woman, she began laughing. She's laughed until she got hysterical. She had to go outside to calm herself. And she came back again. And she started laughing again. And Tony, that spoke to me. And I said, look, this is a victim of rape. And she doesn't know how to oh. deal with the fact that her story is being told in this monologue. So we have many people out there who appear to be functioning, but they can blow up at any time. Tony, because of the work that I do, I have had people who, total strangers, who feel that I need to unburden, and this woman says she listens to people, so let me lay it on her. They lay it on me anywhere, everywhere. And I've heard horror stories. Tony, there are situations of sexual abuse happening across generations. When you find out that a young woman, her mother was raped, she was raped, and then her preteen daughter was raped. Was raped. Wow. Think of the way that that woman would be feeling. When you have another woman who was raped before she was of preschool age, and the psyche in protecting that child forced her to forget it. So she had no memory of it, but she just knew she had an aversion to slimy things. And when that memory came back, many years later, she was already a professional woman. And when that memory came back, it came back with all the associated pain she was at a conference. She fell off the chair she was sitting in. She was in so much pain, like she was being raped at the time. Wow. They had to move her out of that place in an ambulance, Tony. And when they worked with her, they realized 
this was psychological pain from many, many, many years ago. People do not understand the kind of impact those kinds of things can have on our children. Which young boy is going to want to openly admit that he has been sexually violated in a very homophobic society like ours? He has done nothing wrong, but everybody's going to remember him by that. By that. that is the little boy, the bugger. Yep. Everybody will begin to tell him that he's a Marco because they bully him. He will be bullied. What quality of life is he going to have? So he finds a way to bottle it up and to shut up. And sometimes we see some of those guys, they grew up and they have trailer loads of girls and they're very abusive towards those girls. And we wonder why, but we don't know what the deep rooted seat of the problem is. Tony, this child abuse thing is an ugly can of worms. It cannot be attacked on one front. We have to get people to move. We have to get the people who are in a position to change things that they come on board with us, that they remember that the children of the nation are their children too. And if they remember that what goes around comes around, they can take action before it gets to their very doorstep, before they want to go borrow somebody's gun for them to out somebody's light, right. or before right. they want to get, go get a cutlass, sharpen it back and front and chop somebody into mincemeat. Let us try to see if we can take off this cab on the little bobo, let us clean it out, let us put medication on it, and let us help it to heal. Let us not wait till it has become an ulcer and gangrene has set in and that we have to cut off the whole leg to save somebody's life. Speaking about that, before we, before we close, because I, I, I'm indulging on the time because you're so passionate and so clear um, that I believe that this is an important moment, an important message. Is, is there anything in our curriculum, in our education in school, where we teach our young people about those things, both about what you can do if you're a victim, but also importantly, what, what, what you should not do to become a perpetrator? Is there, is, there, is there anything that goes on in our school in an organized manner, or is it just dependent on a teacher-by-teacher -teacher basis? No, um, there is actually a subject that is being taught in school that's called, called Human Family Life Education, okay. HFLE. I will also tell you, Tony, that many of our teachers are uncomfortable teaching 
certain parts of that curriculum. And the reason that I know that is that although I no longer function as a classroom teacher, I have had occasion to go to schools at the request of classroom teachers to handle certain aspects of the curriculum for them. And if our teachers who are adults are uncomfortable dealing with these subjects with children, these very teachers may have children themselves. How are they handling that with their own children? We're not ready to call a spade a spade. We call it a big spoon. We call it a shovel. We call it a fuck with one, 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 um, one, one tooth. We don't want to call a spade a spade. And I think, you know, somehow we have to remember that all of what we need to do is to protect the little lives that are entrusted to us. If they were able to do it for themselves, they would be adults. Right. They have been entrusted to us. Their well-being depends on what we do and what we do not do. We have to set up the system so that people can make the right decisions. People can decide, yes, I am young still. I have my children. I can give Siwo a break. Siwo not finishing. But when every jam, you want to be out, because again, fathers are letting us down. Mothers are saddled with the burden of child rearing. Sometimes they need a break. And how do they take a break? They want to go out, but they have a baby. They want the baby to sleep whole night because they don't want to ask anybody to take care of the baby. So they give the child cough syrup in the last bottle for the night. That is a form of child abuse. Wow. You ask a neighbor... To cast an eye because you're going, you won't be long. Yes, that concerned neighbor may cast an eye, plus they will cast what you didn't ask them to cast. And we are in a place where people saying, it's not my business. It's not my business. And when the shit hits the fan, then everybody has their two cents to put into it. But it's a long time that going on, and you did not say not anything. anything. So, so Julia, we have, to, we have to leave it here, but I like that note that you're leaving it on, that if we, if we focus on our responsibility to protect the child at every aspect, the father, the mother, the village, the neighbor, the community, the state, the court, if everybody focus on that one aspect, that our responsibility is to protect the child because the child doesn't have the ability to protect his or herself. I think that is a good, a good approach 
that will yield the answers that needs to that we would need to address the situation. I'm going to give you to to, to make a, a couple of minutes of um, closing remarks um, because we have to bring it to a close. I I, I was just really it's a, it's a sad and a somber topic, but I was really I'm really enjoying your passion and your experience around the topic is clear because you you're talking about this thing verbatim and you it's just flowing out of you the frustration the passion um obviously you've thought about it because you've proposed a number of practical things that we can do so so i'm going to give you a few minutes to to close because we have to bring it Otherwise, we'll be. I know we can go on and on. So, what I have to tell my audience is that I'm definitely going to bring Delia back to this speaking interview because this is the topic that needs to go on. Well, Tony, I would tell you, get a fresh voice. I don't know who it's going to be, but people may be a little bit tired of hearing my weeks. But in the meantime, I'm going to tell people, my weeks is not going to give up. She's going to continue. But I am a little bit tired of being like that lone voice in the wilderness. And I know that there are many people out there who feel as strongly as me. I was not born doing this. And if I can emerge from the woodwork and do it for a substantial amount of time, knowing that because I'm rocking the boat, some people will be upset, but it doesn't stop me. Then there is nothing stopping you. Come out and join me. Make the eradication of child abuse your number one priority. If you cannot do anything else and you are a passive person, remember every third Wednesday, every third Friday, Wear your blue shirt. So you can be at work, on your job, wherever. Stand in solidarity. Start a movement. If you are a legal mind, help other people to understand what their options are. Start a movement to push for the family court. Start a movement to see that the cameras can be set up so that certain things can happen in a better way for the victim. Raise your voice so that paper committal becomes a reality so that our vic the victims do not suffer so much. Also, advocate for the perpetrators to not just be incarcerated, but some sort of rehabilitation be put there for them so that they do not come out and become repeat offenders. Let us spend as much energy on our boys as well as our girls. We need to care for our children. We need to give them a good foundation if we want our country to have a stable and secure future. Thank you very much, Delia. Uh, You're most I, welcome, Tony. I have repeated the word passion and passionate several times in, in, since we've been having this conversation. But, you know, it's a heavy load that you've been carrying 
you know, carrying that torch and keeping it burning and, and hoping that folks will join you and light their candle and, and shine their own light on the scourge. Shine light in the darkness because most of this abuse takes place in darkness uh, or at least in, in, in hidden places. So shine a light on it and, and, and expose it. And our conversation is especially timely because Sunday is Father's Day. And so I want to make a special appeal to the fathers out there to make a double commitment to protect your young kids, your, your young boys, your young girls. Fathers, if you, if you know to yourself that you've been doing inappropriate things with your kids, stop. Stop, ask for forgiveness and commit to do it differently. It's not right. There's no amount of justification that will make it right. So if you, if you, if you are guilty of that stop there's no there's no there's no excuse there's no reason just stop and if you know somebody who is doing that encourage them to stop and if you feel encouragement is not enough take steps to make it stop that is the commitment that you as a father need because as Delia said not only your child is your child every child in your community is all of us children, all of us child, all of us children. So for Father's Day, it's a father's step up. Let's make that commitment. And not just on Father's Day, but it's just a good time to say, okay, what does it mean to be a father? What does it mean to me that I am a father? And 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 Delia pointed out the the need for more support for the women. Because most of the times, if you're not married, the child resides with his, his or her mother. What are you going to do to become a better father? What are you going to do to make sure that your child is protected? And don't just stand there and say, well, if he's my child, he wouldn't dare touch my child. Because if he touched my child, he know what I will do him or her, whatever it is. No, let us take protect, proactive action to make sure that not only it doesn't happen to our child, because everybody knows I'm a bajan, let's make sure that it doesn't happen to somebody else's child or somebody else because the father doesn't live in the house, the father is somewhere overseas trying to earn a bread, or the father ignores the child. Let us, let us protect every child as if it is our child. And so, and so Dile, I want to tell you, thank you so much for what you do. Thank you for making the time to come on. And we had a lot of interaction from the audience. So I want, to, I want to tell everybody, thank you for tuning in. Share it. Let those who missed it hear it and listen to it. Find out what you can do. The Girl Guides are gathering at the cruise ship booth on Friday, this Friday, Friday the 17th at, at 4 p.m. And they're going to walk along Roseau, along the Carnival route. Join them. If we're not able to, to join them in person, let's join them in spirit. Let's, let's send them some funds so they can buy water. They can buy refreshments. They can make flyers. They can make posters because they plan to do this every third Friday of the month. So play a part. Every single one of us can do something. So find out what you can do. Don't just dismiss it and say, if I was in Dominica, I would walk. Or if I wasn't working on Friday, I would go. Or if I wasn't, whatever. You, there's something that you can do. Make a phone call, send a text, encourage people to go 
contribute. Do a little more than is comfortable. Put yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit so that you can protect the child who's not comfortable in the place that they should be most comfortable at their home. So give a little bit. If $5 is what you feel you can give, give $10. If an hour is what you feel you can do, give two hours. If you feel you, you, your weekend is filled, call Miss Weeks, find out where there's something going on. Volunteer for a weekend. Volunteer to get trained so that you can be one of those people that can go to the police station with a child who's abused and hold their hand while they face their accuser and let them know that there are people there that support them. There's something that you can do. As Delia said, she wasn't born with the talent and passion and skill that she has. She had to learn it and she had to develop it. So you too can learn it and develop it. And I'm saying this especially for the men because too many times we see women stepping up in leadership positions and the men stay back. They have to go play dominoes. They have to go hang out. They have to line. They have to work. Everybody should step in. And this is a, this is a problem that belongs to all of us. And therefore, the solution belongs to all of us. So I will say good night. I want to say, Delia, I wish you continued strength, continued long life, continued passion, and know that anything that's going on, you can reach out to us at TDN Radio. We'll provide a medium and an avenue um, to get to get the out. So, so feel very free and very welcome to use us. And whatever else um, needs that are there, don't be afraid to reach out. We will reach me for network and see what it is that we can do. So thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity, Tony. And thanks to all the comments from all the guests tonight. I saw some of them and I appreciate them. And I appreciate the people who support the work on screen and behind the scenes. And I cannot end this program without saying a hearty good night to my husband, who is a constant source of strength and support so I can continue doing that kind of work. Certainly. Wish you both of you well. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, listeners, we'll do this again next week, Wednesday. In the meantime, I want to tell you to have a good weekend. Stay safe. Remember, corona is still out there. Protect yourself. Keep your immunity up. Continue to social distance. But don't use that as an excuse not to contribute to the cause. Our children need us. And we need them. So when we protect them, we're actually protecting ourselves. Good night.